I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about a dream that God gave me this week. And I've titled this message, Fire in the Clouds. And I believe that before we leave this place, that you're going to be touched by the fire of God's presence. God is about to send the fire of revival to this nation and to the nations of the earth. And I believe God is poised in the heavens, ready to pour out His Spirit in these last days. He said, in the last days, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And I know they say, well, Pastor, what about the great falling away? I know there's a great falling away. But there's also in the midst of that, there's two streams that's running. There's a stream of revival. There's going to be people that fall away, but there's going to be revival, and there's going to be people that's going to fall in. And I believe you and I are going to fall into the river. Come on, somebody. And we're going to be touched by the presence of God. 1 Kings 18, 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. 2 Kings chapter 1, beginning with verse 2. Now Ahaziah fell through the lattice of his upper room in Samaria and was injured. So he sent messengers and said to them, Go inquire of Baal, Zebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover from this injury. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say to them, is it because there's no God in Israel that you're going to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Now therefore, thus says the Lord, you shall not come down from the bed to which you've gone up, but you shall surely die. So Elijah departed, and when the messengers returned to him, he said to them, Why have you come back? So they said to him, A man came up to meet us and said to us, Go, return to the king who sent you and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore you shall come down from the bed to which you have grown up, but you shall surely die. Then he said to them, What kind of man was it who came up to meet you and told you these words? So they answered him, A hairy man wearing a leather belt around his waist. And he said, It is Elijah the Tishbite. The king knew who he was. I want to tell you the kings are going to know who we are. He said, then the king said to him, sent to him a captain of 50 with his 50 men. So he went up to him and there he was sitting on top of a hill and he spoke to him. Man of God, the king says, come down. So Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, if I'm a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Then he sent to him another captain of 50. With his fifty men. And he answered and said to him, Man of God, thus has the king said, Come down quickly. Then he sent to him another captain of fifty men. Come down quickly. So Elijah answered and said to him, If I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty men. And the fire of God came from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Again, he sent a third captain of 50 with his 50 men. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and pleaded with him and said to him, Man of God, please let my life and the life of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight. Look, fires come down from heaven and burned up the first two captains of 50s with their 50s. But let my life now be precious in your sight. And the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him, do not be afraid of him. So he rose and went down with him to the king. 
And then he said to him, Thus says the Lord, Because you sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, it is because there is no god in Israel to inquire of his word. Therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. And verse 11 says, Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Now I've shared those passages about Elijah and how Elijah was tied to the fire of God. We see the fire of God's presence. We see the fire of God's judgment. And then we see the fire of God's ability to take him by a chariot of fire back to heaven. I believe that represents the rapture. I'm not so sure that the rapture of the church will not be associated with the fire of God. I believe we serve a God today who answers by fire. And like Elijah on Mount Carmel, we're headed for a showdown with Baal. But I have good news this morning. The God we serve answers by fire. Earlier this week, I had a dream. And in this dream, Beth and I, my father-in-law who's in heaven, my dad who's in heaven, my mother-in-law who's in Belton, went to Lancaster, South Carolina. Lancaster if you're from up north, but Lancaster if you're from the south. And we went to my brother-in-law's house. When we walked into his house, he was there. Uh, two of his children was there. And some other people were there. And as we walked into the house, his name is Tommy, he said, he said, I didn't know you were coming. I'm not prepared. I have to go to the grocery store. So he and my father-in-law went to the grocery store. When they went out to the grocery store, my mother and I looked out the window. And as I looked out the window, I saw dark clouds. A dark, dark, ominous storm. Very dark. It was daytime, but it was pitch dark. And I could see the dark clouds. And I said, has there been any talk about a storm? Has there been any warning about any kind of storm? And about that time, I saw a downspout come down out of those clouds and in that dream I didn't panic I wasn't afraid I didn't say oh Lord what are we going to do I didn't run I just simply looked up toward heaven and I said Lord you protect us and keep us from the storm and let the storm pass us over I want to tell you that that storm passed over us and we didn't lose a shingle off of the roof of that house there was no shaking I don't remember any noise or anything the storm just simply passed us over I was talking to my mom, and I went and I looked out again. And when I looked out again, the, the clouds was dark and ominous. But in the clouds was fire. Not lightning, not light from lightning, but the clouds were on fire. There was fire in the clouds. I woke up that morning at about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I said, Lord, that's a dream that you're telling me that in the midst of the storm, you're about to send the fire of your presence and the fire of revival to the body of Christ. And I thought I ought to write it down, but I don't have to write it down. I can remember every single detail of it. And I thought, Lord, what do I do? I was going to preach another message this morning. But then uh, the next evening or two, Beth and I was praying, and we had a visitation of God. I'm going to tell you, I've had more visitations from God in the last three months than probably I've had in a year. On November the 5th, I had an encounter with God in prayer. I've not been the same. I've been carrying a different mantle. I've been carrying a new anointing. I can't hardly contain it even in the grocery store. We were praying and the Lord says, son, I'm about to send my fire again. I'm about to send my fire again. So I got interested. I thought, we're going to look up fire clouds. And in the darkness, 
you could see the brightness of the fire that was in that cloud. And I don't know if I've ever even heard of fire clouds or not, but I looked it up, and you know that there's a thing called a fire cloud. The technical term is flammogenitis or pyrocumulus cloud. It's associated with fire or volcanic eruptions that may produce dry lightning. A pyrocumulus cloud is similar dynamically in some way to a firestorm. The two phenomena may occur in connection with each other. However, each may occur without the other. A pyrocumulus cloud, more colloquially known as fire clouds, are formed when wildfires burn hard enough and the hot air and the smoke released into the sky generates a strong upward motion called updrafts. NASA calls them fire-breathing dragons of clouds, according to their web website. The heat and the speed of the rising air within a pyrocumulus cloud tend to create a highly turbulent atmosphere. Such an atmosphere can create its own weather effects, including a fire-fueled thunderstorm cloud that make it more difficult to put out fires in certain climates. At the beginning of this year, last year, 2020, in Australia, they had wildfires. And because of the drought and because of that, they had wildfires. And they showed pictures on the news of funnel clouds that were on fire in the desert. I want to tell you that that was just a prelude of what is to come. God is about to visit planet earth and the fire of God's presence is going to burn on the altar like we haven't seen it in decades and years and in generations. We're not going to be the generation that loses this thing. We're going to be the generation that embraces the power of God and the fire of God and the fire of God's presence is going to purify. The fire of God's presence is going to heal. The fire of God's presence is going to touch the people of God and we're going to never be the same again. Somebody give God praise. Listen to what it says. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Moses encountered the fire of God's presence on the mountain in the wilderness. Don't be afraid of the wilderness. Don't be afraid of the desert places in your life. Because you might just encounter the fire of God in the desert place. We may just encounter God's presence. We might just meet the angel of the Lord in a burning bush. The bush is being burned, but the bush is not being destroyed. I want to tell you the fire of God can burn on the inside of us. The fire of God can consume us, but we won't be destroyed. Moses encountered God's presence. Hebrew writer declares in Hebrews 12, 29, our God is a consuming fire. Listen to how this reads from the New Century Version. So let us be thankful because we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We would worship God in a way that pleases him with respect and fear. Verse 29, because our God is like a fire that burns things up. Ooh, I like that. He's like a fire that burns things up. Hebrews 12, 29 from the Passion Translation says, For our God is a holy, devouring fire. When God appears, when God comes on the scene, it is usually associated with fire. The fire of God illustrates God's presence. In Genesis 15, 17, God appeared to Abraham as a flaming torch. 
he had put a sacrifice and laid them out. And God walked through those pieces of that sacrifice with a flaming torch. I want to tell you, when God comes, he comes with fire. When God comes, he comes with glory. When God comes, he comes with power. God's not the little meek and lowly Jesus that's coming in riding on a donkey, just real quiet and unassuming. But I'm telling you, the God we serve, who spoke this world into existence, who created you and me in his image and in his likeness, the one who found you in your sinful condition, the one who saved you, the one who redeemed you, the one who brought you out of sin and bondage is the same God that's about to come in great power on this planet. Let the kingdoms of this world do what they want to. The Bible says that he sits in the heavens and he laughs at the foolishness of man. I'm telling you the one who's laughing at the foolishness of man is about to visit planet earth in a way that we've never seen before. The fire of God is coming in this hour and coming in this day. We must be ready for his coming. In Exodus 16, God appeared to Israel as a cloud by day. That could have very well have been a fire cloud. I don't have scripture for that. That's just my thoughts. He came as a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The pillar of fire had a twofold purpose. It provided heat for the cold nights. It provided light in the darkness. You see, God's presence will warm you in a harsh, cold world that hates Christianity. John 16, says, These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. When Moses and the children of Israel received the law on Mount Sinai in Exodus 15, 17, fire and smoke appeared to describe his divine presence. Jeremiah experienced a divine call from God, and here's what he said. He said, It's like a fire shut up in my bones. Fire represents the passion of God. And God desires to impart a new passion down on the inside of us. A passion for his holiness. A passion for his word. A passion for true worship. A passion for the work of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm praying for a fiery passion to come across the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where it's more important to gather with the saints of God. It's more important to pray and intercede and fast and call on the name of the Lord than it is to be entertained and do all the stuff that we've replaced holiness with. That holiness is more important than height. That glory is more important than, than personality. That character is more important than charisma. I'm looking for a people this morning who are hungry for the gifts of the Spirit. Who are hungry and thirsting for the things of God who's saying I must have more of him I must have his fire in this hour listen if ever we needed the Lord Tim said it earlier we need the Lord today we need him right now I don't know what's going to happen over the next two weeks in this nation but here's what I know God is about to bring the fire of his glory and the fire of his presence and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is about to rise up in a new anointing and we're about to walk in a new anointing and I believe signs and wonders are going to follow the word of God and we're going to see the things prophesied and see the things promised and we're going to live out and not read about revival but we're going to experience it for ourselves get ready the fire is coming to this nation says the Lord when I think about the fire of God there are two things there's the fire of God's presence and there's the fire of God's judgment visitation is not always revival visitation is a two-edged sword if God comes to us and we reject him we push him away he don't fit into what we think he should fit into then we invite his judgment. Now, I want to say this about God's judgment. God's judgment is redemptive. You'll never hear me preach judgment like, go get them, God. And sometimes you look at things that are done, and you say, Lord, why do they get by with that? But God's merciful. And even in his judgments, he's redemptive. 
Remember what he told the church at Thyatira? He says, I've got this against you. You've suffered that woman Jezebel to teach. And I'm going to cast those who have allowed her to teach into a bed of adultery with her. But then he says, I'm going to give them a space to repent. But if they don't repent, then my judgments will come. So I'm going to talk about judgment first, and then I'm going to talk about his presence. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 8, the scripture just kept coming to me over and over and over. God is not mocked. Listen to what it says in verse 7. Do not be deceived. We live in a time of deception. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. Verse 8 says, For he who sows of his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. You mock the Creator at your own risk. In our text, Elijah the prophet called fire down out of heaven and consumed the soldiers who came to arrest him. In Genesis 19, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed by fire. In Genesis 19, 24, it says, So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. Sodom and Gomorrah were noted for perversion and wickedness. And the Bible said their iniquity came up before the Lord. You remember the Lord, the angel of the Lord, and two angels came to Abraham and says, The iniquity, the sin of that place has come up before me. And I must judge it. And Abraham prayed and interceded. He cried out for Sodom and Gomorrah. Folks, we can't be people who stand by and say, go get them, God. Yeah, they deserve that judgment. We must pray and intercede and cry out and say, Lord, if there's ten righteous, spare this city for the sake of those ten righteous. I've come to tell you, there's more than ten righteous in this nation. In Leviticus 10, Nadab and Abihu, who were priests, who were sons of Aaron. Look at this. They were devoured by the fire of God's judgment. In Leviticus 10, 1 through 3, it says, Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from them, from the Lord, and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Think about that. They're doing their priestly duty, but they're offering profane fire. They're offering worship that's not pure. They're offering worship that's out of rebellion. And the Bible said the fire of God came out. This was at the beginning of when the tabernacle was being built. You see it again in Acts. Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Ghost. And the Bible said they died right in the church house. That's the fire of God's presence. Listen to what happened. So the fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who came near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people, I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. Now you say, Well, Pastor, what about the fire of God's judgment? Well, let me tell you, 1 Peter 4.17 says that judgment begins at the house of God. 1 Peter 4, 17, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begin with us first, what will the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? In Numbers 11, verse 1, now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord and the Lord heard it. And his anger was aroused, so the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some on the outskirts of the camp. In Numbers 16, 35, a fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who... Think about it. Who were offering incense. In our text, 
Elijah the prophet called fire down out of heaven and consumed the soldiers who came to arrest him. 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Then the king sent a captain of 50 with his 50 men. So he went up to him, and there was, he was sitting on the top of a hill, and he spoke to him, Man of God, the king has said, Come down. So Elijah said, answered and said to the captain of 50, If I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. You listen to me. When God answers by fire, it'll produce the fear of God in the church again. We've lost the fear of God in this nation. We've lost the fear of God in the church. It's time to get the fear of God back. I'm not talking about a fear and trembling and I'm afraid, but I'm talking about a reverential awe that when we come into his presence, we're not coming into the presence of a man. We're not coming into the presence of some, some weak deity, but we're coming into the very presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I've been to England three times. I've been in Windsor Castle. I've been to Buckingham Palace. We went to other places and saw those great houses. And every time I go, when I come back, people say, did you meet the queen? I said, she couldn't see me. She was busy. She, she, you know, she had to have tea that day, and she couldn't see us. You know. But to see the queen, there's a protocol. You don't just go up and ring the bell at Windsor. So I'm here. I'm a tourist from America. I'd like to come in and say, hey, she's not going to invite you into her house. There's a protocol. Matter of fact, anyone that goes to meet with royalty, they have to put them through the royal protocol, how you meet, what you say, when to talk, how you curtsy or how you bow or you do those things. There's a protocol involved in that. Listen, we're not approaching a man. We're not approaching a president. We're approaching the king of kings and the Lord of lords. There's a protocol. The Bible says we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We come into his courts with praise. We come in worship and adoration. Listen, the fear of God is 50% fear and trembling and 50% rejoicing. I come knowing that he holds my life in his hands. I live and breathe and have my being because of him. But I've come to tell you the God that we serve, this king that I'm talking about, he's a good king. He's a loving king. He's a godly king. Judgment is a last resort and even judgment is designed to bring you to a place of repentance. And I want to tell you when the fires of God's judgment comes, it is not just to consume and not just to destroy, but I want to tell you when the fire of God's judgment comes, it is to redeem. And some of our children and grandchildren who are living and walking in rebellion, they're going to have to experience some of that fire, but it will be a redemptive fire that will be designed to get their attention to bring them back to a place of fear of God and bring them back to a place of repentance. Can somebody say amen? amen. He's a devouring fire. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9 says, And to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus Christ is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Listen to what it says in verse 8. In flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Listen to how the apostle Peter and then Jude, the half-brother of Jesus, describes 
what we call false teachers and false prophets in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Listen to me. God's just about had enough of the hypocrisy of the church in this nation. God's about had enough of the wickedness that goes on behind the scenes. God's about had enough of these people who are living one thing on the platform and on the pulpit and living another thing at home in the dark. God's about to send the fire, and the fire of God's going to revive us. The fire of God's going to equip us, but the fire of God's going to judge us. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Listen to me. I'm a Pentecostal, full gospel, spirit-filled believer. I believe we need the presence and the power of God more than we've ever needed before. If you've come this morning looking for a form of godliness and the power thereof, you're in the wrong place. If you've tuned in this morning and you're looking for somebody to just give you a pep talk, you're in the wrong place. But if you're looking for the fire of God's presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then I congratulate you on being in the right place at the right time because the God is about to release a fire on the inside of us that cannot be quenched. Hey! November the 5th, I had an encounter with God. I said, Lord, I got to hear from you. I need, a, I need to hear from you. And I want to tell you, the Lord came and encountered me. And I haven't been the same. I've loved Jesus my whole ministry. I've served him with everything I've had. I've given my all, Beth and I, for more than 30 plus years. I've given my all to you. I've given my all everywhere I've been. I'll give my all wherever God takes me. But I want to tell you something transformed me, something changed, something, something happened to me. God visited me in that front yard. I walked out there one way, but I walked back in the house. There was a new, fresh anointing from heaven, and I was wearing a new mantle. What was it? I believe it was the fire of God that touched me that night. And some things he said to me are very personal. But I want to tell you what he said. He said, son, I'm going to have the final say. Just telling you what God said. He said, but over... The next little while, you're going to start to see corruption being exposed. And he says, you're going to be surprised, and it's going to make headlines around the world at the people who get arrested, and some of them will go to jail. But I believe that it's time for the church to rise up and say, we're not going to take that. We're not going to stand for that any longer. We want to see it plucked up by the roots because God's got a revival. He wants to send to the nation of the earth. And God has religious freedom. He wants to give to us, his people, so we can preach the gospel unhindered. But even if we do lose it, we'll still preach the gospel. And God will still have his way. And he'll still do his work. And we will still experience his fire because God's not bound by what man does. I believe God's ready to send fire of his judgment but then let me finish with this the fire of God's presence in Acts chapter 2 verse 3 when the Holy Spirit came to the 120 in the upper room flames of fire set upon each of them look at it in the scripture verse 3 and 4 it's, it's, it's on the screen then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there's fire. In Matthew 3.11, listen to what John the Baptist said. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit and fire. We lift them up now and we pray. I got more, but let me close with this. Beth sent me this.
prophecy, and I've read behind this individual for a while. Her name is Holly Watson. And this just so touched me because back a few months ago on these Wednesday night prayer times that we've been having, the Lord spoke to us about the wind. And he said, watch the wind. Watch the wind. Watch where the wind goes. Where the wind goes is a sign of where my presence will be. If you remember on that day of Pentecost, tongues as a fire set up only, but there was what? A rushing, mighty wind. You remember what I said? It's created by updraft. It's created by an eruption. We've had an eruption in our nation. We've had an eruption. It's produced fire and heat. What's happening? The clouds are filled with fire. We're about to have a firestorm of God's presence. Listen to me. There's going to come a day we call a prayer meeting and this church will be full. You say, but pastor, only a handful comes now. Just mark it down. And we won't even have to announce it on Facebook. We'll just say we're going to have a prayer meeting on Friday night at 8 o'clock. And people will come because people are going to be so desperate for the presence of God. This is not our worst days. These are our best days. These are the greatest days to be alive. Abraham, the Bible said he saw our day and rejoiced in it. You say, well, pastor, what if we persecuted? Persecution purifies the church. What if we go to jail? I'll be like Paul and Silas. We'll get an earthquake in the jail. Glory to God. Listen, it's time to rise up out of fear. It's time to rise up out of depression and sorrow. It's time to shut off the news and get into the Word and hear what the Holy Ghost will say. Folks, this is not just something I do on Sunday. I feel God's presence like Beth will tell you. Just walking around the house and the presence of God will hit me. I'm driving in my car and I'm feeling God in that car with me. Whew. Anybody else feel this? Come on, just lift your hands. Let me finish this. I got to finish this. She wrote back in June 2020. I saw a great tempest arise as a spiritual storm erupting over the eastern seaboard of our nation. Around the same time, I saw another wind blowing. But this time, the wind I saw blowing was the wind of the Holy Spirit, breaking out and releasing a new baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. When this second wind blew through in my dream, I saw the release of a dove. And while I found myself standing on a bridge over troubled waters, Reprieve is coming. The shaking is the precursor for the glory. The earth is prophesying, friends. Stand firm, and we will see the salvation of the Lord. Elijah on Mount Carmel, facing 450 prophets of Baal. And here's what he said. <laughs> he said, the God who answers by fire. Let him be God. And the Bible said that those 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, who is the female counterpart of Baal, let me tell you, that is the strong man over America today. And every day on Facebook and through the news media, you know, the prophets of Baal are prophesying. The Bible said they cried 
from morning till the noontime. And the Bible said there was no voice. And I believe Elijah put his foot up like this and he said, won't you call a little louder? Maybe, they hear, maybe his hearing aid's not working. Maybe he's on a coffee break. Maybe he's down at Starbucks. That's where Belle goes. Maybe he's on vacation. He's in Florida. And the Bible said there was no voice. They cut themselves with knives. They went through every ritual they had gone through. But that day, Jehovah silenced his voice. And then Elijah built an altar. Laid out the sacrifice. Poured water over it. Wet wood don't burn, folks. Prayed a 63-word prayer. And the fire of God fell. And Baal worship was broken that day. God's about to come out on the battlefield and face Baal and dethrone him in this nation. And he's going to answer by fire.